morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone here this morning. And uh, I was, my dad and uh, Cade and I yesterday went to the Georgia Bulldogs game. And that was Cade's first game. And it was fun to hang around and be around like-minded people. It, 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 was, it was fun to see everyone was glad to see that you were there. They, they, they were uh, talking about common things and the events of the day. And you didn't, and even when someone kind of got in your way or kind of, you know, didn't see you there or whatever, you were like, ah, they're family. You know, you, you didn't really mind. You know, you, you let a lot of things go that you might not normally would go. And that's one of the many reasons why I like coming to church, because we're, I'm amongst like-minded people. I'm amongst family, and I'm amongst those who are looking forward to a big event. And I am uh, just thank- thankful to see everyone here today. Um, at, the end of the, at the end of the sermon, there will be a time for uh, invitation and a time to invite those for prayer, for those who want to be prayed for. Um, if you need to step out or whatever, you've got a big day, that's fine. You're free to leave. But uh, uh, just wanted to make sure that everyone who wants prayer, who wants to be prayed for, who wants to join the church, etc., that that time at the end is for them as well. So we're going to continue on this series that I've started a couple weeks ago that I've called Basic. And for those who haven't heard what this series is, it's kind of like the theme what Pastor Derek was talking about a little bit earlier. Sometimes, you know, even me, I, I take for granted that sometimes I may be speaking in Christianese or I may be saying words or I may be talking about things that it's wrong for me to think that everyone just knows what I'm talking about. Because and it's and I know how much I need to be reminded and heard all these different things, because sometimes it's so easy to run right past how good the stuff that is in here is. And so I wanted to kind of have a series where we just try to hit the bare basics and, and to marinate in the reminder of what is the Christian faith? What does it mean to be a Christian? And who God is, what he has done for us. Um, kind of like a side note a little bit. When I was in the Marine Corps, we had a captain who was overseas. He, he wasn't he, he wasn't really concerned about the details and the minutia and the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the nitpicky little things. He just told us, oh, brilliance in the basics, gentlemen. If you're brilliant in the basics, it'll take care of everything else. And he, I believe he was right, and in a similar uh, fashion goes for this. So the title of this message today is, The Lord Speaks Through the Words of the Bible. And the goal of this series, again, is to show how to study such truths and challenging texts in Scripture to show how all of Holy Scripture continually points to the, to the most important truth, that the Lord grants you forgiveness, life, and salvation through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. For Jesus taught these things. Truly, truly, this is Jesus talking. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life. Sometimes I pause and just marvel at that. In, in our head, anything that's wonderful and great and, you know, something high to achieve or have in this world, you, you got to have some skin in the game. 
You, you got to do X, Y, Z. You got to work hard and, and, and obtain it and fight for it and go for it. And the good news is in the Christian faith, it's, it's Christ's skin that was in the game. It was what he worked. It's what he gave. It's what he did. And he gives it to us freely as a gift. And the person who says, wow, that's amazing. That's wonderful. I believe that. Then it's theirs. And the person who says, I don't know about that. I don't think Jesus died for me. Give him time. Give him time. One, don't be, dis, and this is a side note. Don't be discouraged if you know that the gospel has gone into the earballs of someone. That you know that you've shared the message with them. That you know that they've heard the good news of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. You don't know what's going on in here. God does. You never know when that moment hits, when the Holy Spirit is exploding faith into that person. Because see, it's not my job, it's not your job to convict the heart. It's not my job, and it's not your job to quote-unquote save souls. That is the Holy Spirit's job, and he is very good at doing it. Have confidence in him. We get to be a part of the mission. We get to sow the seed. We get to throw it out there and be liberal with it. Throw the gospel out to everyone. What may not take root right now, for some who get it and they hear it, and it's rocket ship right away. For some, it takes years and years and years. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's a wonderful gift. That Jesus said the Holy Spirit would teach us all things and would bring us to remembrance all the things that Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will make much of Jesus. He will show how the scripture points to Jesus, to what he's doing. That little voice that you feel deep inside is making much of you. And is making much of how great you can be. And how you can reign on high. And how you can have all this power. I am, I am hard pressed. And I'm very confident that's probably not the Holy Spirit that's talking to you. He's going to make much of Jesus in Jesus for you. The Lord works through his word. The Lord speaks through the words of the Bible. The meaning and the use of the Bible ultimately belongs to the one who first guided the writing of the words. The Lord. The first text came from the Lord speaking and from Moses writing down the Lord's word for our sake as we referenced earlier in the previous uh, sermon. At the time of the Exodus, Moses wrote down that the children of Israel did not really know God. They had lost his earlier promises to Abraham they, and could not know the Lord's mind or his gracious heart towards them. They could not love him or trust him even if they were religious. For the people to know the Lord's gracious heart, they had to hear from the Lord. So he introduced himself, revealing and bestowing his grace through the word. The gospel of God's word is a means of grace. Means of grace, what, what does that mean? 
Answer, a means of grace is God's instrument, his gifts. They are the goods, so to speak, of God's gifts being distributed, delivered to the sinner. Remember when Jesus spit on the mud and he used something tangible, tangible, something physical to put on the blind man's eye. Now, was it just mud and spit? You know, can we now go get mud and spit and make everyone who's blind see? No, it wasn't mud and spit. It was the means. But who was working behind it? Who was using it? Who was using it as an instrument? It was Jesus. In similar fashion, you see all throughout Scripture that God likes his stuff. He said it was good when he created it. And so he'll use means to apply and to distribute his goods to those whom he loves. That person that first told you the gospel came off their real lips and into your real earballs. Those are means. That's how God does it. No one sits there one day and just has an epiphany that without ever hearing the Bible or the gospel that Jesus Christ died for them. No, they had to be told. How beautiful is the feet that brings the good news. When you know, when you're told what Jesus has done for you, and you believe it and you accept it, not only do you never want to let that gospel go, you never want to let that person go who delivered it to you. Think of the magnitude of that. Because they're great? No, 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 no. Because Jesus is great. Because God is great. He uses us to, to tell each other the good news. It's why I love to come to church. One of the reasons why. I love, again, like I said, I love being around like-minded people. The older I get, the more I'd rather just sit and just talk. I used to be entertained by, you know, toys. And in some ways, I could still be entertained by toys, but they're kind of, you know, the, the, the big boy kind. But I much rather would just sit with a cup of coffee and just chat, just hang out. Because those times when I don't have it, I miss it. So that's one of the reasons why I enjoy coming to church. Why else do I come to church? When I was a kid and younger, I, I mistakenly thought, I was supposed to come to church because Jesus would be disappointed in me if I didn't. And that's so wrong. Of course he wants you to be there. Because he wants to give you his stuff. He wants to hand over the goods. Coming to church is not out of obligation, some sort of obligation to Jesus. I like to come to church because I know it's where he's going to give me his stuff. And see, that might sound kind of selfish and needy. Look, if you're in need of Christ and you know how much you need Christ, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I reject, I totally reject any religion that teaches me how to look like someone who doesn't need Jesus. That can just go. That can just go wherever they are and stay wherever they are. I need Jesus every single day. And the moment that I think that I'm graduating, the moment that I think that I'm getting a little bit better, oh, I don't need you, Jesus, today. You can be co-pilot. You can ride in the seat next to me. That's the day when I need to hear the law. 
Bring the law to me. Oh, Zach, are you perfect like God in heaven is perfect? No. Then you need to die. And you need to be slayed. And you need to be laid waste to the position of, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because see, Jesus, God does not treat us like we treat each other. And that's good news. He never gets tired of giving his grace to his children. Even if it's one minute after the next of daily death and daily resurrection, he never gets sick of it. He doesn't, well, this is the, this is the 30th time today, Zach. It's never that. It's never that. He, it pleases him to lavish his grace on us. Even if the prodigal son event happened every single day, the father would still be just as pleased. He would still run just as scandalously as he did, and he would still throw his arms around his son who was dead and is now alive. So we, we try to sometimes put a cap, a limit, on how far God will go. How far God will go. He would take on human flesh. That's God, the creator of everything, has a heart with valves in it. He has hands and fingers. He has a face and eyes. Actual nails went through those actual hands. And actual blood flowed from his body for me and for you. How far would God to go? He would die to have you. He did die to have you. And this is how the kind of God he is. Three days later, he goes and he just, like a very ungentlemanly thing to do, just poofs in a room with the disciples who are hiding. He's not knocking, waiting to get in. He went right into the room. So here is Jesus, God incarnate, resurrected right in front of you, who you just betrayed to be crucified three days before. And what does his hands do? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. If God is telling you you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be. The very person who had every right to say, that's right, get on your face and grovel. That's right, betrayers, traitors, everything, get on your face. No, don't be afraid. Behold, I make all things new. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God who loves us. Who, his saving us is totally dependent on him and not dependent on us. Imagine if, if, if he was just waiting for us to make him love us by our actions and by what we do. But it was when I didn't want Jesus, when I rejected God, when I wasn't looking for God, that God went looking for me. He went and found me. He went and rescued me. That's how good the gospel is. The sheep that got lost, he wasn't looking for God, he was lost. What did the good shepherd do? He went and found the sheep. He put the sheep back on his shoulders. He walked it all the way back to where it was supposed to be, even if it was just one. Even if you were the only sinner in existence, Jesus would die for you. If it was just one, if it was just one. But he died for the whole world. He died for us all. I don't come to church out of, I don't want to disappoint Jesus. 
I don't want to disappoint God. All the wrath and all the disappointment that I could have earned was consumed by Christ on the cross. I come because I need. I'm in need of Jesus. I need to hear the gospel. I need to be reminded of this. Even if this, even in the supper alone, every time, every time, every time I'm reminded that God's body and blood was broken and shed for me, and it's for me. How much is it for me? He puts it in my mouth. A means of grace are the ways that the Holy Spirit creates faith in the hearts of Christians, forgives their sins, and gives them eternal salvation. That's a mind-blowing thing, too. The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. That word that's used for power in the Greek Testament is also a, it, it's, it's a, another word that can be used is dynamite. It's an explosion. It's a, it's a kapow, so to speak. Just as an artillery round is a means of destruction in war, Delivering an explosion of destruction into its target. A means of grace is delivering an explosion of faith in Christ into its target. You and me. How do I have faith in Christ? That's the Holy Spirit's job. And it says when we hear the gospel, when the gospel is presented to us in his goods, the Holy Spirit is exploding faith into the dead soul. The Apostle John also writes that this communication from the Lord was essential. John 1, 17 through 18 reads, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. In Exodus, the Lord introduced himself to the people by giving them the law through Moses. Yet as John explains, the Lord was not finished revealing who he was. John calls Jesus the Word, and explains that we most fully know the Father through the revelation of His Son, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? We've talked about it today. It's been referenced today, but what is it? One of the best explanations of it, I believe, is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. You'll miss it. You run right past it if you don't pay attention. I do it all the time. I miss how good it is. 15, verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand. So see, Paul's already identified it. Hey, this is the gospel. I've already revealed it to you. And by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. End. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And he was raised from the dead three days later. And if he was raised, you too will be raised. With him. I mean, he <laughs> conquered death. He holds the keys to death in the grave. If Jesus says that you'll be where he is, take it to the bank. You'll be there. Because you did something great? No. 
because he did something great. That slight emphasis, that slight change and everything rescues me and prevents me from despair. If it's me, then I'm always asking questions like, did I do it right? Did, did, I, did, I, did, I, did I ask him right? Did I believe right? Did I, 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 da, 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 da. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. It's no longer I who lives, for I've been crucified with Christ. Just that emphasis, just that slight change. Will the team come forward, please? Some quick points I want to point out as the team plays. Because I want to make sure everyone here hears this. And I need to hear it too. God loves you. Oh, Zach, you don't know what I've done. He knows everything. Even the stuff that you don't think he knows, he knows. And he still loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 You are a sinner. I am a sinner. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 God punishes sin, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus took our punishment, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus rose from the dead. We said earlier, for I delivered you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus offers forgiveness of sins and eternal life to those who believe in him. Then he brought them out and said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Salvation is free. It is a gift from God. If you could earn it, or if you could do something to deserve it, it stops being free. It stops being grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not your own doing. That is not your own doing. That is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. No one can say, look what Jesus gave to me because I, 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 I. Nope. Jesus gave it to you because he loved you. Righteousness is given, not earned. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. If you're this, here this morning and you're in agreement, in agreement with me that I am a sinner, that I need Jesus, that I need forgiveness of sins, Therefore, I want you to hear something. Because Jesus said to hand this over. These, these are the goods. To all those who need forgiveness and want forgiveness from Jesus, then by the work of Jesus Christ, he has forgiven you 
the entire he has given you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins so this week go in peace you're free to love your neighbor feel the spirit of the Lord in here today. I didn't know what Zach was going to speak on. It. He didn't know what I was going to speak on because I didn't know myself. But the Lord is in this place today. You know, if you've never accepted Christ in your heart and life, it'll be the greatest decision that you've ever made. We're not here to embarrass anyone. We're not here for quotas. We're just here because we've been called, all of us, not just the pastors, but we're all called. It says to go ye into all the world and to preach the gospel. We all have that great commission that we encourage one another to come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Best decision that you've ever made. Also, as a step forward for that is to follow the Lord through the waters of baptism. We're going to have a baptismal service very soon. And if you've given your heart to Jesus and you've never been baptized in water, let us know because we'd like to include you in that special service. So let us know so that we can get a date together. We'll have a wonderful baptismal service. If you've never been to one of our baptismal services, you just don't know what you're missing. It's a great day. So with that said, is there one here today? I don't want to miss one out. Is there one today that you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and life? Just raise your hand and we'd pray for you. I was 19, tried all the things this world had to offer and had found no satisfaction. The only satisfaction I found was when I accepted him and I bowed the knee and I asked him, Jesus, come into my heart. So if you're here, just raise your hand. We're just going to pray with you. At the closing moments of this service, hallelujah, is there one? Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Is there one today? Well, praise the Lord, maybe perhaps afterwards. I'm going to sing a song for you this morning. And the song is uh, my testimony. <laughs>